1: Hey everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio's food, wine, and travel show with the International Food, Wine, and Travel Writers Association, who we call IFTWA, because it's easier to say, but um, I encourage you to go to their website, ifwtwa.org, especially if you're a travel writer or a travel association, a tourism entity. Um, They are awesome, and we love to follow them on social media, too, because then you can see posts from travel writers around the world, Uh, especially if you're an armchair traveler or planning a trip. It's a good resource, so you can check out the hashtag uh, IFWTWA. Today's show, we welcome award-winning author and travel writer Jessica James, and we're excited about this conversation because she's focusing on an iconic place in American history, Gettysburg. Um, and I encourage you, go to her website, travels.com She has a whole section for Gettysburg. She's written a ton. She knows Gettysburg. She lives in Gettysburg. Um, it, Gettysburg is in Pennsylvania, very also close to the border of Maryland. Um, but we also have a great article that she's written uh, for our site, nationalparktraveling.com. Uh, many of you have probably heard our podcasts on different artists through the National Parks Arts Foundation, done residency there we've covered a lot on Gettysburg for I mean since day one uh, especially even with the National Parks Arts uh, National Parks Conservation Association so um, anyway we finally did get there Nancy and I in our love your park store but um, it is always cool to hear an insider view from someone who's lived there and knows it well about what to see and do so welcome Jessica how are you I'm great thanks for having me so, how many people want to call you Jesse James? I had to, I had to go there because I've been doing yes. things on Jesse James lately, and I'm like, no, that's a different folder than yours,
0: like <laughs> my, my computer. I get it a lot, but they can remember my
1: name that way, so I'm good yeah. with it. <laughs> Did your parents think that when when you were born, like Jesse James? I don't, I don't think so. I think they just like the name Jessica. It's a good name. It is. It is. <laughs> It, there, well, there's something about Jessica. It's like a, it's still feminine, but at the same time strong in that name to me. Yeah, that's I think what so. I think. Um, and now you became a novelist, award-winning novel, You've written a number of books. You tend to kind of get into history, don't you? You you have an affinity for that. Seems yeah, that's
0: like. that's really where I started writing uh, novels was historical fiction, uh, Civil War mostly, some Revolutionary War, and that just got me the bug that I dug into all kinds of history. So, yeah, being from Gettysburg, I guess that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I know. I now, I know you grew up there and you're still there. But um, did the novels come before the travel writing or did it all just kind of happen like, hey, I can do both?
0: The novels uh, started and then I did so much research traveling and I found out so many things that didn't make it into the novels that I started blogging just so I'd have something to do with that information. And people really liked finding out the little nuggets of information that I discovered. So I thought, well, put two and two together and do travel writing.
1: Yeah. And history travel, you know, there's people who go down the rabbit hole in history and we're all nuts and we all get in it. Right. And then <laughs> at the same time, it's hard to kind of cross that line. And I think that's where it's so good to have uh, fiction uh, historical fiction because it helps bring people over to the other side of come on, you know you want to know about history because history is full of gossip. You know? Yeah,
0: I, you, I hear that all the time where people, they're not going to pick up a dry non-fiction book to learn something, but they do learn so much from historical fiction. So yeah, it really does play a role in piquing people's interest and in, they might find a subject that they
1: really want to delve into a little more deeply once they read a novel. So when... You know, growing up in Gettysburg, going to school there, because Gettysburg is also a town, right? So this this is actually one of those unique, um, you know, just like Hot Springs National Park is in a town as well, uh, which is different. And they actually have their own brewery. So that's cool. But Gettysburg, the town is kind of surrounding the battlefield, but it is still kind of part of the battlefield. But like, was a the town there before the battlefield? Like, how does that all work with a town and the battlefield? It's not really part of it, but it is. Yeah,
0: the town was here and the battle started kind of to the west and the north of town. And the Yankee, the Union troops were actually pushed through the town. So the town is actually a battlefield as well. Anywhere you stand pretty much in Gettysburg and turn around 360 degrees and it's battlefield surrounding
1: it and in the town. So what was it like growing up, knowing the town, living there? then going to school, like, was history class like Gettysburg, Gettysburg, Gettysburg? I mean, it had to be like, I mean, you're in this iconic history place, like, that no one else has, you know, we we all have history, obviously, but this is really a huge piece of history. So was that kind of like, you will learn this history when you were there? In it's
0: really strange, because when you grow up around it, you don't think anything about it we kind of took it for granted I know I definitely took it for granted we did um we did do field trips but it was like oh wow well, we're going to Gettysburg <laughs> wow whoopee doo been
1: there done that yeah, yeah I to play there so every day yeah it
0: was really after you know I became an adult and found you know people save their money to come here and they get married here they spend their anniversaries here you realize what a treasure it is so you know, I didn't feel that growing up though at all
1: well, it's interesting because, like, you've got the smaller town. We, we lived in a small mountain town in San Diego in mountains, a lot of history, Civil War history included. And a lot of people, Confederate soldiers, actually moved west. And we had a right. Civil War site down the hill, San Pasqual, a battlefield I always talk about. And people are like, the Civil War never went to California. I'm like, Ben, have you heard of the California column? You know, then, like, then I started, like, he listened. And then there's Fort Bowie, and there's these forts that did actually tie into the civil war history, but coming back East, having been in the West, most of the, our time in this country um, and going, you know, to Gettysburg it, and we've done shows on Gettysburg for years. And then suddenly we went there. I, we were so overwhelmed. We literally had to go to the little picnic area and play with woodpeckers oh. and <laughs> the Cardinal birds. And stop, and then we did the drive where you could see all the different monuments from all the different. I think it's so, which is going to be a different feeling for you growing up there. But for us, it was very overwhelming, how much history, and and we never took the interviews we did on it lightheartedly Yet at the same time, I know you can get ice cream and have a good time in Gettysburg. Lots of shops. I got twirled around and lost downtown, but it's cute. You know, when we were there, it was during the pandemic and. Or people were starting to be able to travel at that time. And I don't know, it was just overwhelming going to the graveyard, seeing all the unmarked graves. And it just, I don't think as many interviews we'd, I don't, I don't think you can be that prepared for the feeling you feel when you're there. It was just so much.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people get that. And I'm more When I travel now anywhere I'm driving across the battlefield or even in town and I'm near a building that was there, I I try to imagine what it was like because it was just a small town and it ended up with 50,000 casualties plus horses, thousands of horses. So the impact on the town's people, which is another part of the battle that doesn't always get talked about, a lot of people go to the battlefield, but they're starting to push now the civilian experience because it was such an important part
1: of the history. Mm. The civilian. Yeah. Because I think when you see all the different monuments for all the different States, of course the graveyard, and then you've got Abraham Lincoln's history and the unmarked graves, but all the different States. And then you have like the native Americans who stood up in, in the battle. Right. And you see some of those, I mean, that's pretty huge, you know? And I just feel like, I almost don't want to, you know, when they say, don't step on the grass, man, I feel like that there, like don't step on it. True. But then it's- growing up there, you had to. And, and so it's part of your life to step right. on that grass.
0: <laughs> right. But it's, it is, it's a really hallowed ground, all of it um, in town and when all outside of town as well. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing place, really.
1: What's it like to live there?
0: Well, I guess the main thing most people say is that it's a small town with that gets over a million people. So some people might complain about the traffic during the summer months. But I mean, it's such a special place. I, I can't imagine living anywhere else. It's beautiful. South Central Pennsylvania is beautiful. Um, rolling Hills and then agriculture
1: right outside of town. Apple orchards, cherry orchards. so. I know it's kind of hard like when we were we first went to um Eisenhower's farm and I'm like oh this is so beautiful and we spent so much time there because and it was actually closed because of the pandemic like you can go in any of the buildings or anything but uh, and you know you see signs where she would tell, tell you know his wife Mimi would say you know this is what basically kept his sanity was the farm and where he held all these big meetings and I'm looking not going I wouldn't want to le- leave here and I didn't want to leave. And then we got to Gettysburg and the first thing we saw as we drove into Gettysburg was a klingle house and were people on horseback and it was weird. <laughs> just you know what I mean? There were just people and they were having a good time and goofing off and I'm like <gasps> like it was such a weird sense of feeling like first I was like what where am I? You know? Like
0: Yeah, it's not unusual to see Uh, Union soldiers or Confederate soldiers, for that matter, window shopping late at night. And that's just something that is unusual, but it's pretty common in Gettysburg. And women in gowns walking down the street, especially Fourth of July weekend, which is the anniversary of the battle, or uh, the weekend closest to November 19th is Remembrance Day when Lincoln gave the Gettysburg Address. So there's hundreds and hundreds of reenactors in town.
1: Yeah, the reenactors. And then there's this the people, the tourists going off on horseback. So that's oh, wow. what's that was yeah. like, what? And I'm like, yeah. what? I'm like, my first thing went to the battle. Like, you know what I mean? So it's kind of an interesting thing to go through. But you wouldn't expect with this pastoral landscape, this beautiful, like you're saying, orchards. And that's why I bring up Eisenhower's farm. And and I mean, he even had a little miniature golf putting thing and everything. And then you come out. And this is where like stuff went down and like Mm -hmm. some of the most iconic, you know, civil war history. And you're in the most beautiful region going like, didn't everybody just want to stop and say, let's just not do this. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Let's have a picnic. You you know what I mean? Because it's so beautiful. It really is gorgeous. Um, What's it like in winter?
0: Uh, it's cold. Well, what we think is cold, then you talk to someone from Maine or (laughs) further north and they don't think it is. Uh, we get, you know, a couple of snows a winter. Sometimes they're 20 inches at a time. Sometimes last winter was very late. I don't even think we had maybe a couple four inch snows, but we get occasional blizzards and and then we have nice 50 degree days in the middle of the winter too. So it's not too, too
1: bad. It's kind of right on the you line of Yeah, I was gonna say you have four seasons, so fall's gotta be nice too.
0: Fall is beautiful. It's my favorite, favorite time of year. It's uh warm 70s and 80s, but the nights are cool and humidity's down. So yeah, that's my favorite.
1: That's cool, man. I mean, I think that's a good time to go out on the battlefield. And from what I've seen from your photos and the article and and from the photographers and some of the photographers we know, they actually reenacted the scenes from the battle um, and put themselves in it. Like one, because he was a veteran, he could do it. Nick Collier, he did it. It was crazy. But you could see the different seasons in their photography. But it seems like, I mean, sunrise, sunset, you can, I mean, there's something, I it's, it's weird to say you have some of those photos where here's this battlefield that you know how much, you know, went down. But at the same time, it is um, this meditational time. Like Exactly. This-
0: I, I'm glad you can feel that through the photos because it really is kind of a special time.
1: Yeah. I wonder if the soldiers had that where they knew. And there were those little moments where everybody, no matter what side, just kind of breathed in, focused on what they needed to do, but breathed in. You know what I mean? Right. It's, almost, right. it's almost like those old 80s movies with Jean-Claude Van Damme with the <laughs> you know, the Karate Kid kind of stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not making light, lighthearted remarks on this at all, but there's that it's so weird to see such beauty in such a bloodshed of a place. Yeah, right.
0: that's, that's exactly it. And a kind of a feeling of serenity when you drive through when, it, when that's, that is, there's a feeling of serenity kind of, but there's a heaviness as well. So yeah, it's, it's really
1: an iconic place. Can you give uh, for those who may not be familiar with Gettysburg um, and, you know, cause we're all in different generations and different learning stages of our lives um, and maybe new to American history, Just an overview of what went down, because I know this started what July 1st through 3rd was the battle. Yes, Uh, three days. Um,
0: Neither army really expected to, to run into each other. But when the fighting started the first day, which was kind of from the west and the north, the Confederates actually won. They pushed the Union Army through the town, which backed them up. And then day two was fighting around Cemetery Hill um, the wheat field, the peach orchard, these are still iconic places that you can visit. And then day three is um, Pickett's charge when the Confederates were had the low ground. The Union by then was on the high ground, a little round top. and um, that added, ended with a Union victory. So the Confederates then retreated on July 4th.
1: Wow, And it's amazing, right? Like just it's huge it's huge what went down and so this happened in your town that you live in 50,000 people casualties what right? rise like that's like that's a lot of people when you think about unimaginable back. you can't really I can't
0: I can't even yeah picture.
1: yeah and and what you're saying also it's 6,000 acres of countryside this went down on Right. right right and all ages. I always bring this up because they always had the little drummer boy and the the little piper man. And there were different, I mean, there were young kids in this war. Absolutely. Yes. And a civilian
0: was killed as
1: well. Jenny Wade. Oh, you brought that up in your article. Yeah. She was baking bread.
0: Yes. Through two doors and she had closed an interior door behind her and, and they were saw sol- there's the the house is still there you can tour it so they were solid wooden doors, and she still
1: was killed. Oh man! Now with the, when you and this is this this is part of like the history we went through as we we went started to go through the north. I I call it northeast. Are you guys in the south or the north? I never know what to say about Maryland and certain parts of Pennsylvania. What would you say sure. Gettysburg is?
0: Yeah, we are considered mid-Atlantic and we're uh, Gettysburg is six miles over the Mason Dixon line. So it's considered north.
1: Okay. All right. So, okay. Lee, that Mason Dixon, her farm, Lee Waybright, the musician has just been on our show. Her farm was on the line. So she's got north and sound and uh, south in her backyard and sound because she's a musician. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, but, but. When you think about this, right, all that goes down, but in the whole region, you have all these other battlefields. So when you look at it, um, we did a few of them and, and farms got split up over it. I, I always look at this now as like, these were these beautiful farming communities. People were working really hard before this war set in. And the war, yes, was about slavery, but it was also about property rights, as I recall. I'm not a historian, but um, the war is complex, right? Is right. that the way to put it? Complex. Yes, that's very, That's a good way to put it. <laughs> don't get at me. I don't want the emails, okay? <laughs> I do not want the emails or the social media <laughs> attacks, okay? Yeah. I'm not the historian, but it's complex. But here are the, the, the people where it's happening, there's really families that you know, they, everybody has their thing, but they're trying to actually feed people and themselves and their kids. And at that point, we also had bigger families because the kids would work the farm with the families, right? It was just part of the survival and way to go. And so, is it Monocacy? Am I saying it right? I know there's Manassas, Monocacy, Monocacy, Monocacy. <laughs> okay, Monocacy. Sorry, I can't pronounce anything back east yeah. or in or Northwest. <laughs> I actually can't pronounce anything, okay? But uh thank God your name is Jessica. Jessica <laughs> James. But um but when we went there and then how the the whole national park unit is split of all, all these farm units and some of them were involved with um African land too and slavery I mean the in and oh there's a whole other thing underground railroads and everything but um it blew my mind because these people were in their farmhouses with their kids while the battle is going on outside them. Yes. So does that come to you when you're writing your novels and writing? I know you're, you travel too, but you definitely write about Gettysburg. You have a whole section on your site, on your blog um, about that when you talk about the lady that got killed. Um, yes. Right.
0: Yeah, well, everybody in the town, pretty much, uh, there's a story, one young lady, Tilly Pierce, who, uh, I think she was 16 at the time, she left the house in town, because they, all the fighting, of course, was in town, and went south, and she ended up, like, right in the middle of the battle then on day three, so they were scurrying, you know, around, nobody really knew where to go, and a lot of them ended up just in their basements, but uh, I can't imagine the sounds and the things they saw.
1: I know. Did they
0: know it was coming there? I mean, did the there, town know? No, there had been rumors that Confederates were around, and they uh, the, there's ratings from residents who say they were just so tired of the rumors they were kind of ignoring them. So when it did, they they kind of knew, but then when it hit, they had no they had no oh, idea that it,
1: that's like one of those holy crap moments. Yeah, Yeah. down, yeah. <laughs> and they have and they have basements which you don't have in the southwest you don't have basements, right right you know you have to like look out your adobe window and go ping i got an arrow or, you know <laughs> but um yeah i mean it's it is different that way right and so that's what's so interesting too about the how forces move back and forth but like in gettysburg here it comes and you can go in the basement at least with the kids how do you tell your kids to be you know, don't worry, be calm, it's fine. Yeah, When you know deep down, and they were so much younger than his parents, I think. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man, I just, uh-uh, <laughs> I've been through some stuff in Africa and stuff where there were some nervous times where I knew like, you, 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 this could be it, you know? Wow. But um, I always think about these battles and the people that were on them, and it just always seems that they took over farmland. You know, I w- was just at a Civil War battlefield in Oklahoma, a Honey Springs. Nancy and I went there. It's part of our Jefferson Highway um, programming, and it, it, I mean, it's the same battle, right? And at that time, and it's very connected to Get- Gettysburg and Honey Springs, Oklahoma. Holy cow! We had obviously North and South fighting, white, black. And Indian families wow. fighting against each other. Families, same families in this one battle. Wow. Insane. It, it, this, the stories are, I mean, uh, and we're not even, we're not close to capturing all that story. because There's an amazing documentary that was done in their visitor center. They just got there. Uh, finally is up and running and amazing. State of the art um interaction when you look at the documentary it comes to you at all like three sides oh, wow. you know? it's pretty cool like you know someone's talking to the right and then on their left so you're like oh my god that must be what it feels like you know um really well done and I think that's where some of these museums and sites have had to really go to ex- to have the experience because you've got all the monuments right which I think are beautiful and make you stop and pause and think Maybe not for a young kid, but if you have something interactive to experience, you're going to go, oh, like this stuff went down. So on that side of it, can you tell us a little bit about that? What people can experience? Because we certainly didn't get to because of the pandemic. I think they opened up the cyclorama thing um, that art that um, which we've actually done a show on and artist Victoria Chick did an article um, with the the big painting that 360 degree painting um, yes. of the battlefield which we didn't go into because there were busloads of people going in and it was during it was still pandemic and we're like eh, I don't think we're going to go in one room with all those people at that time but um, can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah that's worth seeing the cyclorama and then um, well just the whole National Park Visitor Center is kind of a place to start uh, and they have a great bookstore and gift shop there as well. Um, From the civilian point of view, the Jenny Wade house kind of takes you through and really makes you understand how, how Hmm. this affected the residents. And there's also a Shriver house museum, which um, they had a family. So it tells the story of how the family got separated and it's kind of heart wrenching, but you go through the whole house that you can see how they lived in 1863. And um, then the newest museum is uh, the Adams County historical society beyond the battle. And that has a great, like you were saying with the kids um, interactive display where you sit in, it's as if you are in the basement, the um, you're hearing the crashing, you're hearing the family talking and getting more worried about the, and it gets louder and louder and stuff starts breaking. So. Oh, wow. that's a really neat, that really brings it home and makes you understand how the effect of the battle on the local citizens.
1: Are you saying we have to go back? Yes, I, think do. <laughs> I do want to go back. I do want to go back because I think the first time, like I said, I were, we were like so overwhelmed because it was just you know, uh, and and at the same time, I I want to go because there I also felt like there was so many stories. Um. And from all the different people we've interviewed on on Gettysburg, I felt like, oh, I like, you know, 20,000 rabbit holes. And you must feel that with what you do as an author and writer. Like, do you think you you could never run dry with Gettysburg of stories in a way?
0: Absolutely. Like- I just did a story. The whole nother component is the Underground Railroad. And because it's so oh. close, to the Mace Dixon line, it was kind of the first stop. So um, there was a McAllister mill that is a documented underground railroad site. So yeah, it's an
1: endless, <laughs> definitely an endless supply of stories. Oh wow, wow! So writing fiction. Tell everybody a little bit more about your books and where they can get them and what you've written, so people can know.
0: Well, my first novel was Shades of Gray. Um, it actually came about when I not was not Fifty living... Shades
1: of Gray. A little no, bit different. No, it came. I just out had after to clarify. <laughs>
0: Or my novel was out before that one, but my sales went up during that because people got confused and they were a little really confused when they started reading a Civil War novel. But anyway, um, and I just re-released that as a trilogy. That's kind of my most famous book. Um, It's about a Confederate spy and a Union, um, actually a Union spy and a Confederate cavalry officer. And then I have... um, the Lion of the South and above and beyond. And they're all available everywhere books are sold. You can ask for them in your library. What's your
1: author website for everyone to know? Uh, JessicaJamesBooks.com. And everyone, I'll put this in the show notes, no matter where you're listening to this, um, you know, we're on all platforms, but We'll make sure it's in the show notes and also uh, Jessica's. I do want to call her Jesse. <laughs> <Jessie, Jessie. laughs> I, I have had to like really like play <laughs> my brain for this interview, uh, but I'll put that in the show notes too for her article. But you know, writing these stories. I mean, when you're doing research for like you, I mean, obviously living in Gettysburg, right? You've got all this real history. You know, you're in living history. Um, does that help you? With the research of knowing what was around when, you know, did they have typewriters there? Did they have this? Did they have that? So you know what to you can set the scene with in your books. Um, by being in Gettysburg, you know what was going on at that era.
0: I think the thing that helped me most with being in Gettysburg was being able to go to reenactments and talk to reenactors Sleep in a tent. Oh, yeah. um, I actually went to the one fiftieth and kind of slept outside, and so I had people riding by my head in the middle of the night on patrol, which I had never even really thought of. But they were they were doing patrol just like they would have been doing. So, and you hear the bits of the horses jangling, and I mean, there's really no way to get that without actually experiencing it, and that's about as close as you can get is going to a reenactment. So, and talking to those guys that are. You know, they're really historians because they know everything about the clothing, the books, the cooking. So, yeah, that really did help me.
1: Oh, that's cool. You know, when you think about it. You know, the, and then when they do the cannons, that's still I've done some civil war reenactments where I went to film it. And I don't care what's going on with my tripod or me like nothing's standing put when you can put all the, you know. Plugs in your ears when a cannon goes <laughs> off. You can you know it's about to happen. You still jump. Do you yes. still jump? Yes. Do you still jump. Yes. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> wow. So what what about the African American experience during the Civil War? When they do Civil War and reenactments, I hear a lot of you know, commotion over that like can we also show the African-American experience. Is, is that something you've seen in Gettysburg or your other travels? When I go on your site, uh, Travels.com, I see that you do really cover history in different, especially in the Southern states. Have you seen any movement to show more of the African-American experience? I actually
0: have seen a lot. Um, most uh, the towns I go to are also offering, because I'm always going to historical towns, so they're, they sure. almost always have an African-American experience. And I know in Gettysburg during the Remembrance Day Parade, which is just a parade of reenactors doing different regiments. They do have the African-American regiment that um, because there was they did fight for the North. Mm -hmm. They are
1: represented and they're taking part. It's really neat to see. Am I off on my history where the Buffalo Soldiers and that or was that After. After. Hmm. After. I do love the Buffalo, so and Charles Young. I always give a shout out to Charles Young wherever I can. You've been, you know, it's really interesting going on your site, which I know you've you've won an award for like being a top blog for U.S. history, right? Um, yes, on your site, travel um, history. Yes, yeah, I love this because you 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 look. One of your categories is trees. I love that. <laughs> tell everybody about the getty since we're talking about Gettysburg. Gettysburg Witness Tree. Tell everybody about that. Yes, I'm a big
0: tree person. I love So are we. Going, oh. oh, my gosh. Everywhere I go, I, I have to stop and see trees. Down south, it's it's so neat because the live oaks are like 300 and 500 years old. Uh, but anyway, in Gettysburg, we do have trees that are 150 years old. So they witnessed the Battle of Gettysburg. There's one, well, there's two on Baltimore Street that also witnessed President Lincoln walking by. So to me, that's just a living connection to that period to think that that stood there at the time when Mm. president Lincoln went by and the battle was
1: Well, you see, I have the same thing with trees and horses because they took bullets. um, Through, through wars and trees did too. And then people go carve their name and I'm like, dude, Mm. why do you have to do that to the tree? They don't need any more. And they provide us with good air. Um, I mean, even where we are, you know, as we travel the country, we we pets it. And so we get to hang out with the animals, which we love, and and do our work like what we're doing now. Um, we have this giant oak tree here in Arkansas where we are. And you are not allowed to drive anywhere near the oak tree because of the roots, which I love. I think Good, that is so yes. special. It's a small farm, but this oak tree has allowed its space to grow and breathe and be. And it's magical. You see the fireflies go up to it. Oh wow! They just fly up. Oh, it's magical. Um, and you think about these trees, how long they've been there. They've witnessed so much. And then you think about like, we are part tree. They've, they've proved that part of our DNA is tree as human beings. It's like a microscopic of a percentage. But I think that makes never me happy to be alive. It's very cool. Yeah. So I think that's why we love trees so much that we know <laughs> we're part tree. Yeah. you know i mean i look at mushrooms differently too because they're part animal part uh vegetable they're their own species they're not a vegetable so vegans you are eating animal yeah. just saying oh <laughs> <I'm just laughs> but yeah these trees um like the witness tree there's hanging trees in history too have you been to any of those hanging trees which is sad no um, oh there's some in the southwest and then There's the trees where the Native Americans have used them, too, um, as markers and things in forests um, in the South, too. Um, Have you been to Thomasville, Georgia? No. Oh, you got to go. The big oak tree of Thomasville. You've got to go. Okay, I'm going to look that one up. Yes, yes, yes. It's one of the largest southern live oak trees. Oh, wow. the Mississippi, and we went there. Fortunately, it wasn't a nice sunny day. You know how that happens when you travel, right? You're going to go get the best photo and like, sorry, we're going to rain on you while you're there. (laughs) Doesn't that always happen to us, right? Um, It did. Um, But this tree apparently is from 1680. Oh, wow. And its limbs go over 165 feet. Trunk is 26.5 circumference. I had to do this because I was on your tree section. (laughs) I mean, when you go... There's a magnificence, but you did the Angel Oak in South Carolina, which we haven't done yes. yet. And oh, that like that looks gnarly. Like you want to go sit in one of those limbs, don't you? Yeah,
0: it's a, it's amazing
1: because, and that is kind That's of a, a
0: spiritual thing because they just say so many people. I mean, way like I, I forget how old that was. Some people say five hundred years. Some people say more. So it was all kinds of native americans had they had ceremonial things there and it's really amazing
1: so when you travel cuz you've done virginia harpers ferry i love harper's ferry we spent one night there and i need to go back cuz i don't think you can't just do one night i mean you know especially
0: if you want to hike i want
1: to go back there and hike some more there's a lot of trails all around exactly we were we stayed at a bed and breakfast called rockhaven And they don't even serve you breakfast. They have it in your fridge, in your room. Like they know everybody gets up early and hikes. That's what you said. And it was the educators, um, professors from the school um, lived there and and built this house out of rock. That's why it's called Rock Haven. And I hope I'm getting the name right. But it was a a few years back. Um, But it was awesome. And the gardens and everything. I mean, just it was, it is amazing how when you see these southern well, I'm going to say it's south, right? Am I going to be wrong? Am I wrong? Yeah, about
0: that, I'd say it was part of Virginia, so yes, south.
1: I never know what to say. I'm still learning my southern and <laughs> northeast history here. I'm always having to Google, like, am I right? And then, no, you're not. Uh, no matter what, I'm wrong. But I mean, it was just amazing how they built up and went through wars all at kind of the same time. It kind of felt like. If you were living during that time, it had to be kind of disheartening and hopeful all at the same time. What would you right. think? Do you think that like when you're writing and you're going from character perspectives, what do you think your characters were going through at those time frames, those eras of feeling, of living and being and trying to, you know, you have families and yet it's so hard?
0: it was i when i i've read a lot of first hand accounts and i'm kind of amazed at how hopeful like you said hopeful they were I, I don't know how you stay hopeful in a, in some of the circumstances that they had but um that is kind of the main thing that that i get out of it
1: mm. i wonder now if maybe i think we're still hopeful i do believe that i think we are um in general because like we deal with so many people one on one and travel so much that we communicate with so many people and read things and be on the mainstream news and I think if people could do more travel and communication with locals that they'll see more hope. What do you think
0: absolutely Versus- that that hits the nail on the head, yeah, traveling and getting to meet people and getting to really immerse yourself in their town and and learn the ins and outs, and where they eat, and what they do, and uh, that. Yeah, people could learn a yeah. lot.
1: I I think it is because because at the same time, when you read history and you see how we repeat it, it's scary too because you could lose hope if you keep reading history and how we repeat it. <laughs> but then you've got to realize there's a lot of heroes and survivors and people that stood up for the right thing, and there's always there's always the devil, right? And there's always a hero and a brave person and people doing integrity, like just really good acts that um, when you, we go to history to learn what to stand up for and how to do it. And, and people are so brave that they will do it, whether or not they're going to live.
0: Yes, that's amazing. And when you, when you, do get caught up in what's going on today and think it's, it's terrible. You just have to look back at history and think this is nothing compared to what people have gone through and how many courageous people, like you
1: said, have stood up. And I know now we could have a cold and not feel well. And like Walmart would deliver things to your door. Not that we want it from Walmart. I'm not giving them a plug at all, but like you could have thing, anything delivered to your door, depending on where you live. I don't know if you can get things delivered in Gettysburg, but you can. In most urban places have things delivered to your door, you know, back in the day, if you weren't feeling well, good, well, good for you, (laughs) (laughs) you know, hopefully, you know, especially if you're the mom, you know, good luck on that. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: my husband is a, also kind of a historian and if someone complains about doing the wash she always says, "Really? You know, you throw it in the washing machine and push the button. It's not like you're oh. out there with a washboard hot, heating the water up and
1: you don't you know. even have to split your laundry anymore. <laughs> like really, I know leave the towels out. Like don't put towel. That is a that but even now you could put all of them and it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> it can't like, get any easier than what it is, really.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's the diorama. I'm on your website again. Yeah, everyone, passlane travels.com. It's a diorama. I kept calling the it cyclorama. It's a diorama. Well, there's it's a, a cyclorama. cyclorama. There's a cyclorama too. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I obviously have to go back. Nancy and I need to go Yes, she do. There's just so much. It was one <laughs> day and we did spend so much time at Eisenhower's farm that we really did. Have you you've been there, right? Yes. This, uh, and that is that's a it's that's beautiful. a nice
0: place to visit at Christmas because they do they oh. decorate that for the holidays so
1: what happens in Gettysburg over the holidays? Do they do anything?
0: they do there's a chris Gettysburg Christmas festival the first weekend in December, which they close all the streets down around the square they have um jumpy houses for kids the stores have special sales um it's a big festival Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, live music, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the museums and things, they all go all out decorate. So. Mm.
1: So tell us a little bit about your travels out. Um, I know you're a member of IFTWA. obviously this is what we do with these shows and the international food, one travel writers association. You've been a member about a year or so. Um, What, what led you to join? Let's, let's, Join, talk about that for travel writers listening in about um, the benefits of being part of an organization for writers.
0: Yeah, I heard about it at a conference. I knew someone else who was a member and she told me about it and I looked around and joined it. And it's really been beneficial. The um, press tours, the um, they have webinars that are really helpful to people who are writing all aspects of, of being a travel blogger, and traveling. And um, it's just a good place to uh, network with other writers and learn about places really that otherwise I wouldn't know about. So it's really been beneficial.
1: I think you bring up a good point because I also want listeners who aren't travel writers, who are travelers to understand that travel writers have to do this stuff. And, you know, the more they do in, in professional Um, organizations it's like you know you go to a store and you see that they're a member of the local merchants association or chamber or something like that that they're taking the extra steps in their business um, to do the best thing and be part of the community so um travel writers will do this photographers destinations they all want to work together to get the information to you and that's what's interesting you know people go oh you've got this wonderful life of having free travel and writing (laughs) Um, uh, it's a little bit more than that I'm yeah. just gonna say and organizations like ifwa really help and uh, the CVbs the visitor bureaus um it's a whirlwind when you go on these trips, but then you get sucked into stories and and um it's a lot more work than what everybody will <laughs> think yeah. right
0: it really is I mean it it it's enjoyable because because you do get to see things and learn things, but it is very hectic and very um there's a lot of work involved, to put it that
1: way. But I think what's really cool is that as travel writers, we get to have tours that the general public don't always get because peop- there, there's a limited resources in in like, you know, you're not always going to get to see this behind the scenes tour because museums can't open it up to the public um, right. for temperature reasons, for an archive, for all kinds of reasons, like maybe not having enough staff or you know what I mean, there's just some things that are hidden and right. it's not not to be rude, but it has to be. And that's our job. Exactly. that's
0: that's why it's so important, yeah, that we do it so that we can at least give people the information and and get the kind of the behind the scenes look at things.
1: Hmm. When you travel, do you try to stay more in the historic kind of places? historic hotels eat in historic restaurants and kind of keep everything in a historic theme i do i love i love (laughs) staying in historic
0: hotels whenever i can absolutely and um any kind of tavern old inn i love eating and um being able to to go
1: to those as as well oh all right you love eating okay (laughs) i'm going i'm going in gettysburg going to gettysburg in the fall, all right, because I know when this is airing, so let's plan for fall. Perfect. What is, what would you do on a day in Gettysburg? I know you know it so well, but like you, the local insider, what is a must do in Gettysburg? Like in the park, the battlefield itself that you say go do in this fall. And where should we go in the actual community to experience something there? And where should we stay and where should we eat? Okay.
0: Well, my head is spinning because I'm thinking, how would you, if someone was coming for the first time, I think Mm -hmm. I would. I know, but
1: I, listen, you don't want to do what we did. You want to spend longer. Yeah. You know, we, I want to give a shout out to George's on New York bed and breakfast where we stayed. It was, but it's around the corner. That's the other thing. People need to know that it's, it's, there's Gettysburg lodging, right? But there's, you're. You're on the border of Pennsylvania too, or not, I mean of Maryland, Maryland, right. let me get it straight. Yeah. <laughs> Maryland. Um Tawny town is in Maryland. That's where they right. are. Right. Um, but oh my God, man, they prepared this huge, like you need to do this hike, that hike, that hike. And we went out there. I'm like, oh my God, we need to come back for more than, you know I mean, there was, they are such enthusiasts. <laughs> You, you i'm gonna i'm gonna connect you with them if you don't know him already yeah i'm like you guys need to connect um they they're awesome they are he i think he also grew up in your area see yeah you guys are a bunch of locals i i know a bunch of locals and you guys haven't met that's yeah. what's gonna happen i'm we're gonna come back to gettysburg and and throw a party that's what we're gonna do and everybody i know that's from gettysburg Needs to come. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) it. We'll have a party. That's great. Yeah. I. You know what? It would be fun, wouldn't it? Like there's so many people I know that we've done all these shows, and then when we like, no one was there because of the pandemic. Right. Where's our buddies? (laughs) And no one. And people like we. We're not even allowed to leave our state. And I'm like, oh come on, just drive, get in your car. Who cares? You know. No, I did care, but you know what I mean. And now I'm like, come on, we got to have a Gettysburg. Dude, that would be fun that and would i be think fun. it would you know it that's what i'm saying it is a place of serious history but you've got to have light in the dark right because the dark is to have light so okay anyway going back to you like where are we staying let's just where are we gonna check in um
0: i well because i do like history there are so many different bed and breakfast that you can stay in that were actually used as civil war hospitals during the battle of Gettysburg. So you can't get any closer to history than that. Um, the Brapperton Inn is one of the oldest uh, buildings in Gettysburg. Uh, the Dobbin ha- I'll save that for um, eating, the eating part. <laughs>
1: um,
0: gosh. Oh, well, well tell
1: me, tell me about the, tell me about the eating part. What's what's okay. What's the Dobbin happened?
0: house Inn would be, that, that was built in 1776, the same year as what? the Declaration of Independence was signed. Wow! And it is just a beautiful, historic, old tavern and has good food as well. Are you, so. are
1: you kidding me? That's historic. Like you said, 1776. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, now I'm from the Southwest. Like, <laughs> seriously, we have ancient Native American history. So that's way, way old, which you have too. And then it's like, okay, yeah, if we're from the 1800s of, you know, that's it. But that's amazing. 1776. Yeah, it is. Was it a, what was it in, in that time frame? Not a restaurant, right? Or was no, it? No,
0: it was built as kind of as a, a residence, although the Reverend Dobbin was, I think he had 11 children or nine children through because of a second Ooh. wife type thing. So it, it was kind of a school. He he also opened up a school <laughs> in it so.
1: he owned he had his own school for his own yeah. kids yeah really <laughs> sorry so that's where it's <laughs> wow wow but i well I mean he was a busy man <laughs> you know yeah. but yeah. that's I'm just saying so now it's it's is it fine dining or um it's fine dining as well as
0: they have a pub downstairs oh, casual and fine dining yes
1: Oh, I love that. So you can have your date night upstairs, exactly. Your romantic yep. time. Candlelight dinner upstairs. Or like special, upstairs. perfect. Yeah. Yes. Or if you just want to go in and have a good time, that's perfect. Exactly. Yes. What is it about ice cream in Gettysburg that I keep hearing ice cream? As throughout the interview, my head is, keeps going, ice cream. I don't know <laughs> what that comes from, from what interview before, but is there an ice cream thing in Gettysburg? That well, I, there is. What is there's it?
0: the most famous ice cream place is Mr. G's, that's the one people seem to talk about a lot, but there are other ones now that have sprang up and I think they're all probably very good. Um, the only thing about Mr. G's is it's across from the Farnsworth House, which is another restaurant that was here during the Civil War, during the Battle of Gettysburg. So wow. that's
1: a place to eat. And they're an inn and they have ghost tours. So, um, Oh, you talked about that ghost tours. Yes. See the yes. Klingle House, it is a Klingle House. That The re- artisan resident said, there's stuff. And one artist, one photographer, Jim Schlett, has photos of what looks like blood on the walls that Ooh. happened overnight. Like real. Oh. I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Like real, for real stuff, man. Yeah. Like well, he, they were there and then the next morning, like there was blood on the walls. Holy cow. And he sent me photos of it. It's for real. Yeah, there's and a number Oh, they had a peach tree out there. People leave peach pie recipes there. Oh, I know. It's there's blood and peaches. I don't know what to say, (laughs) but I saw that's the first thing we saw was a Klingle house and the horses, people on horseback. But, um, but I don't, I don't know why the ice cream thing. I think everybody just kept talking about ice cream every show or something from the (laughs) artists we've interviewed. I was like, what? What's going on? We're going to Gettysburg for Civil War history, but you (laughs) want to talk about ice cream? Okay. So, well, I
0: guess if it's hot out and that's how you enter
1: with ice cream. But yeah, so haunted history has to happen. I mean, that's do they do any kind of festival for that or special events?
0: There's no special events, but there are walking tours really all year long. Um, and there's actual ghost investigations. There's a number of old houses that were used as hospitals where they've proven that there's still that the stains on the floor are human blood. So um,
1: yeah, that's Halloween. it. That was the wall. Yeah, that's what happened. In the Klingel House. It's like the paint rolled up, and then you saw the blood stains. Wow. But then. Other people said, well, that can happen in a house when this and this happens. And I'm going, it's kind of highly unusual, weird. I would think. Yeah. I'll have to go. I will I'm, I'll, I will connect you with Jim Shutt. And so you can see that. Yeah. Um, the photographer. So you can see what I'm talking about. It's yeah, weird. Because when it. he talked about it, on, he was like, it's weird, man. They had a weird vibe. And there's some people that were there and they're like, I didn't have any weird vibes at all. And then there's people like, holy cow, man, this yeah. place is freaking haunted. Yeah. I didn't know what haunted was <laughs> until I stayed there. So it became every interview when NPAF, the National Parks Arts Foundation, had these residencies. It was like, were you haunted or not? <laughs> yeah. I, as we we're doing live shows, they're like, please don't turn off the live feed. You know? Wow. Um, yeah. So I believe Gettysburg's haunted. I, I, I mean, how could you not be? Yeah. Right? I mean, do you feel that like yourself or no? I do.
0: I've had a couple strange experiences. And I think a lot of, bloke. I hear, you know, even growing up, I've heard a lot of stories. People think they're passing reenactors and then there's no reenactor there. So, um, yeah, I've heard a lot of stories. Another haunted place that people go to is Saks Covered Bridge, which both oh, armies yes. used. And, um, that's really a big spot for people that want to take pictures and.
1: You talk about get- the covered bridge. And I think that's a huge thing for Pennsylvania as a whole.
0: Yes. I mean
1: Is the covered bridges. And then you're like, you want to take a photo and they're like, are you going to get knocked over by a car? No, a horse and carriage or. A buggy. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean. Yeah, that's something that your state does well is covered bridges. There's other states like in Kentucky and stuff, but I mean you really do have covered bridges. It's amazing, you know. To yeah, see. I
0: think when I was growing up, we had seven or eight in the county. And now there's only two. I think there's one maybe on private property that they saved, but
1: wow, well, and people travel just for them. Yes. They yeah. they travel just for I mean it's like people travel just for cemeteries and You know, people travel just for covered bridges, you know, and, and because it's part of Americana, it's our nostalgia and it's sad when you see them go, you know, it's like neon signs on Route 66 are all going down and, you know, um, it's part of our heritage. Exactly. Wow. Wow. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Um really, uh, everybody, you've got to keep up with Jessica, even though I want to call her Jesse James, <laughs> travels.com. Also for the International Food Wine Travel Writers Association, again, it is ifwtwa.org. And you can keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Uh, we are here uh, every second Tuesday, second Friday, third Monday, and fourth, third Friday, like third Friday with if we have four shows with them. And it's just awesome because we get to talk with destinations and travel writers. And it's been fun uh, just, you know, over the years doing these conversations because you get an insiders look as a travel writer, but with Jessica, I was going to say Jesse, like Jesse <laughs> James. Um, she's truly in that spot, like something iconic, like, you know, Gettysburg. Uh, So it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Lisa. It's great talking to you. You too. You take care.